0: No, 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 boy, get up, get up, get up. What's up? All right, new time. I'm so sorry I'm late. I, you know, this new podcast time corresponds with lunchtime. The kids are hungry at lunchtime, right? Okay, so, um, you know, how are you? Happy Tuesday. I'm so honored to be here. I want to talk to you today about the big V word. Ooh, what is the big V word? <laughs> Victimhood. Victimhood. Okay, so, you know, the greatest athletes, the most successful people in life, do you know what they're not? They're not fucking victims. We have such a like perpetual cycle of victimhood in our society that it's fucking crazy. It overwhelms me and it annoys me. So let's talk about how not to play the victim in life. Because when you start playing the victim, Give away all your power, all your power. But I want to share with you, I'm drinking some kombucha. Have you heard of kombucha? Maybe we should get a sponsorship from some kombucha. Um, This is good shit. It's really good for you. Uh, It like resets or it, um, it boosts your gut health. So the majority of our immune system is in our gut. And kombucha is fermented tea. It sounds kind of gross. Some people hate it. I freaking love it. It's really good. It's bubbly. It's a good alcohol replacement. Like on a Friday night, instead of drinking wine, I'll have a glass of kombucha because it's good for my gut. (laughs) Gut health is key, right? And if you're an athlete, you need to be healthy. Okay, back to victimhood. So I want to tell you a story. I like to tell stories. I feel like people relate to stories on a deep level because you know, we all come from like a tribal society and what did we do in the past? Like we sat around the fire and we told stories, right? Like the elders would share their wisdom with us in the form of stories. And this is how we passed down our, this was our lineage. Like this is how we passed down our history. That's why people love stories. So I want to tell you a story about victimhood, stepping out of victimhood. And it's really simple. It's very relatable. And it's about one of my kids. And there is something called preface, there is something called a drama triangle and a drama triangle. If you can become aware of what a drama triangle is, it is a great, great sense of strength and awareness. And you can really, really shift your life. So the drama triangle on the top here is victimhood. Down here is aggressor and down here is rescuer. And many times in life, one of us um, plays that role. Many of us gravitate toward one of those roles. And if you really think about your personality and how you um, present in a kind of dramatic situation, you can figure out what part of that triangle you are. And awareness is key because you don't want to be any part of that triangle. <laughs> the goal is to crush the triangle. And. So I preface with that because I want to tell you the story and it directly relates to the drama triangle. So what happened is James is my, my little guy. James is seven and he plays baseball. He doesn't even like baseball. He it was his first season and he wanted to try it out. And he's a hockey kid. Like he loves hockey. And you look at the difference between hockey and baseball. Like hockey, you're moving constantly, going, going, going. Baseball, like you're watching, you're standing, you know, you're looking, you're focused on one point. And um, it just, it, it's not his personality. He's like a soccer, hockey, football, mo- constant movement kind of kid. And so what happened is he was in the car with his dad. And his dad and I are divorced. So we parent separately. Um, His dad had him for the weekend. So he's in the car with his dad and they're on their way home. He had been swimming all day and his dad, I think maybe thought he was asleep in the back seat. And so his dad is talking to his sisters about baseball and about the all star team. And I guess there were three kids chosen for the all star team and James was not one of them. And so he, he was telling the girls about this. Just going to breathe for a minute. James came in and was bawling, like walked in, started crying immediately. His sister, who's 14, cradled him, put him in her lap. He was crying, weeping. And I'm like, what's going on? What is wrong? And he's like, I didn't make the all-star team. And so I had a choice. We could feed into the effing drama triangle or we could like learn something from the situation because my immediate reaction as a mom, like Mama Bear, was like, why did he run his mouth? Like, why did his dad even say that in the car? Right. And so that puts me at like rescuer. Right. Like I wanted to be the rescuer. Like and so I could have been like, dude, what the fuck? Why did he even say that? but I wasn't going to do that because there's a reason why James heard that conversation. It's not terrible that he knew he wasn't on the all-star team and I don't have to kick into mother bear. I can just sit back, let it be and, and value the lesson in it. Right. And so we're sitting there, he's weeping. We're kind of breathing through it. And I'm, I'm say to him, my immediate reaction was kind of like, you don't even like, baseball. Like, why Are you crying? You don't even like baseball. Well, that's not okay either. <laughs> like he's allowed to have the feelings, you know, like not getting picked sucks, right? You've been there or being picked last sucks too. And so we sat there and I just allowed him to feel the emotion, right? It's very important. A lot of times, especially with boys, we have a tendency to want to tell them to like, suck it up. Don't cry. Boys don't cry. Be a man, be tough, grow some balls. That's bullshit. We need to allow our children to feel emotion and to express emotion. Because when we don't allow our children to feel and express emotion, they lack the empathy that they need and they store that emotion in their body and they grow up and they're kind of fucked up adults, like us, (laughs) right? So it's very important that we allow our boys to cry. Like if, if they need to cry, Let them cry. It's called being human. Men cry. Do you know who cries? Healthy men cry. Unhealthy men refuse to cry. I'm not judging you. Mm -hmm. I'm not judging you if you're not a man who cries, but I'm telling you that there is a physiological need for our bodies to cry. It is a release. It is a way that our brain makes sense of the world around us. And the release of tears is an actual healing process. And so like really the old mom of me, because I'm kind of like tough mom, you know, I'm like, suck it up. We've got some German in my family and that's what we do. We suck it up. We pull our bootstraps up. We get shit done. And I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. Let your boy cry. Let your seven year old cry. Mourn the fact that he did not get picked for the all star team. It's okay, And so, you know, we're just loving him and giving him all kids. want is empathy. That's all they want. That's all they need. They don't need you to put them in a room and shower them with rose petals. They don't need a fucking ceremony. All they need is for you to empathize with them, even if it doesn't make sense. Like I have a teenager and sometimes the shit that she's upset about, I'm like, so stupid. No, it's not. It's relative. It is all relative. Right. Because we're all operating from a different space. Like little kids are in a different reality than we are. Um, When the toy falls, the annoying ass toy from McDonald's that you've stepped on a million times, it falls and breaks and the kid cries about the toy like it's. It's a big deal to them. And so we just empathize and we hold space for them and we love them and we serve them in that way. We serve them in that way and we help them to grow up to be healthy adults when we just empathize with them. That's all it takes. Okay, so back to this specific situation. So James is sitting there crying, and he's crying like he's bawling, like, and he's still crying. And I'm kind of like, okay, let's like move this emotion. I'm saying this in my head, not out loud. I'm thinking this. I'm like, okay, that's not appropriate either, Monica. So we're just letting him feel this emotion. And I thought, okay, Um, he then he started talking about how he thought it was not fair because he thought he was better than one of the other kids on on the team. I was like, okay, well. do How do I deal with this? Like, because I, I kind of think the other kid was better than James, but I'm not going to say that to him. And it's perspective, right? He has a right to hold his own perspective. He has a right to feel that he is better than that other kid. And it's natural. It really is natural for us to compare ourselves to the people around us, because this is what we're taught growing up. Think about it. We're always taught to compare ourselves. I thought, okay, how can we just like move this emotion through him and um, let him just be done with it and let him feel validated and let his body feel that I empathize and understand the fact that that I validate the fact that he feels he is he is a better player than the other kid. And damn it, it's not fair. And really, it's his reality. If he doesn't feel that it's unfair, it's unfair. Right. Okay, so this is what we do. We get up and we move our body. Something to know is that stress and emotion is stored in your joints. So something really, a really cool tool when your kid is upset and they just kind of can't get their shit together is to get them up, take them outside, let them stand on the earth and get grounded because the earth has a frequency that will ground us to go outside and like shake their joints I um, you know, like wiggle your fingers. So I had him shake his joints. I had him shake his wrist, shake his elbows, move his shoulders and like move his hips around, shake his feet out, wiggle his toes. Um, and that really helped to move some of that emotion out. And then I let him pretend like I was the coach. And he told the coach, it's not fair. And this is not a practice that we want to go down the, the, the rabbit hole with, right? This is not something that we want to keep going and going. Like This is like a pretend practice to like allow him to move out of his body and be done with the feeling of unfairness. And it worked so I allowed him to kind of scream and yell a little bit and let his aggression and his frustration and to unpack the victimhood um, so that we could have a logical conversation about what had happened. And so he screamed, it's not fair. I feel like I'm better than that boy. It's not fair that you chose him when I'm just as good. I want to be on the all star team. Okay, so he spoke those words. He spoke his truth because that is his truth. And I honor that. And then he let it go. And I could even see. Have you ever watched someone who is relieving their stress like their shoulders drop and they get this like lightness about them? And I could see that in him. So that simple process of moving his body Releasing energy from his joints, screaming a little bit was able allowed him to unpack the emotion. Okay, but then we move on because we're not going to stay in that space all day because it doesn't serve us to stay in that space all day. But using the tools to allow your kids to move that emotion through allows them to be in a different emotional frequency, a different emotional space so that you can have a logical conversation with them because you cannot get there from there. Right. So if you're angry, you can't get from angry to not angry. Like you can't make that leap. You have to transition. okay? And so um, and moving our body, using our words, letting it go. Then I could see in him. I could see and feel energetically in him that he was in a better space and that now he could receive from me a different emotion. We could have a good conversation about what had happened. this is what we did. We talked about how it's his first season, right? So I'm pointing out all of the logical concepts, logical aspects of why he was not put on the all-star team to help him like wrap his brain around it. It was his first season. Okay. There are a lot of other kids that have been playing a lot longer. Um, he doesn't even like baseball, (laughs) You don't even like baseball, dude. <laughs> it was like, and the thing is, when he was crying before, he couldn't receive that from me. You don't like baseball. He could not. He his brain would not let that concept in because he was so upset. His emotional state was so far from a logical statement. And so I said, You don't even like baseball. And he was like, Yeah, I guess you're right. And so it's really it's so important to like help our kids move through the emotion before you have that logical conversation with them because they're not going to receive it. And so I was really proud of me and I was really proud of him because he was able to receive it. Now, let's go back to the drama triangle. Remember, we've got aggressor up here, um, down here. We've got no, we've got victim up here, aggressor down here and rescuer down here. And so what could have happened in this situation is Okay, really, we're gonna call dad aggressor because he's the one who divulged the information. And I'm not judging him, it's not a big deal. Whatever. It was a learning teaching moment for all of us. Aggressor being that he's the one who allowed James to receive the information that he was not going to be on the all-star team. He thought James was asleep if you're just now joining us. He thought James was asleep and he was running his mouth in the car. James was not asleep and James heard it. And I kind of thought there was no reason for him to know he didn't make the all-star team. He's fucking seven, but Again, it was a teachable moment. Aggressor. Victim was James. James went into victimhood um, in more than one way. I didn't make the team. Mm, I'm a victim. Oh, pity me. Why didn't I make the team? Right. So he's the victim. And he's also the victim of receiving the information from his dad. My dad told me I didn't make the team. Why did he tell me then? Why wouldn't he have waited? Why would he have told me at all? And then rescuer. Rescuer could have been me and Sophia his older sister because his his older sister was beside herself she was like why the hell did he even tell him this i'm like okay hold on let's not perpetuate the cycle of victimhood here let's understand that there is a reason that james heard that information and that we can turn this into a positive situation and that is exactly what we did we helped james move through the emotion and the more you help a child move through emotion, the more opportunities that you have to help your child move through an emotion, the better they get at it. It becomes a skill. It becomes a neural connection in their brain, and they can do it on their own. And then when they grow up, they're a functional, they're a good, well-functioning, productive member of society that can help the world around them move emotion, and that can help their own kids move emotion. And when you stay out of that victimhood, when you stay out of that drama triangle, you are powerful. You have now taken radical responsibility for your life, for your emotion, and for creating your own reality. Because when we become victims, we immediately step out of the realm of possibility and we allow the world to happen to us. But the world is not happening to us if we don't want it to happen to us. The world can be happening for us. It is an intentional decision that if you make consistently and if you share it with your kids, it will change your life. Because we all learned something in that moment. We all did because I was going to be the victim too. I was going to be the victim and or the rescuer. You can play more than one role in that triangle, right? Because I I mean, first, my first reaction was anger. I was pissed off at his dad for allowing him to have the information at that moment. And I was sad to see my son crying. And I just wanted to scoop him up and cuddle him and tell him it's okay. The world's happening to you. I'm so sorry you're a victim. But I didn't do that because I knew it wasn't going to serve him. And so awareness is key, Um, making intentional decisions and sharing that with our children. Like, I love to talk about my children, talk about my children. I love to talk to my children about my thought process. The best thing you can do for your kids when you are aware and being intentional about the decisions that you are making is to share with them why you are making the decisions you are making. We didn't come here to rule our children. We came here to learn from them. We're co-creating. We're in a learning partnership with them. And so when you make it about, you know, go clean your room. Okay, why the fuck are you making me clean my room? I don't want to clean my room. I want to play video games. I want to go outside. Well, there's a reason, right? There are multiple reasons why you want your kid to clean their room. And so talk to them about it. Tell them why, empower them, show them the importance of taking radical responsibility for their space. Because your space is an indication of your inward state, right? I need to clean my house. (laughs) Um. Okay, I hope that makes sense. Please, if you, oh, I have comments. Oh, hell. Oh, hell no, Katie Garcia. Oh shoot, hi Katie. Um, okay, if you have questions, post them in the comments. I would love to know your questions. If you have, there are topics you want me to cover. Yo, tell me, I am here to serve. I want to know, I want to know how I can support you, how I can love you. Have an amazing day. So I'm on now at 1230 every day for about a half hour. And, um, I freaking love you. I hope you carry this vibration with you for the rest of the day. And I'm go- here to remind you every single damn time that you are a unique frequency, a unique frequency. There is freaking nobody like you. Nobody in the universe is like you. They never will be. There never will be. So like take your gift and share it with the world because you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the world. I love you so much. Have an absolutely amazing, amazing day. Bye-bye.